0: look at the state of the country and the world right now. And I think that's so much of it, right? Mm -hmm. That whole empty cup analogy that is so prevalent right now, but you can't fill your cup if you have nothing to fill it with, right? Like it's still, it starts with you. How do we cultivate safety for ourselves, for our kids? How do we build a, a, a home that we're happy to come home to? How do we feel at home in our bodies so that we can do all the things and go out from there? That's kind of my vision. What does home mean to everybody? And how do we Create that because if we don't feel safe somewhere, first in our bodies and then ideally in a space, then how do we create any magic from there?
1: I am Lisa Roars, former executive coach turned podcaster and digital course creator. Just a few years ago, my typically unwavering optimism was put to the test when my autoimmune system went sideways and handcuffed my dreams to positively impact the world. Fast forward though through years of failed experiments, dozens of doctors and countless hours of research, and I am now a healthy, thriving CEO of a business that is positively impacting the world by empowering people to exchange fear for fortitude and dis-ease for durability. I created the Sunshine Cafe podcast to give you strategies to be your best self-advocate so you can focus on the things which light you up. If you're looking for hope and encouragement to live a life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Sunshine Cafe. Today, my guest is Catherine Garland. Catherine wears two badges, most proudly, being a wife and a mother, and she's always wanted to fill those two roles. She is blessed with four amazing children, is a teacher by training, and now is a homeschooling mama. She's a lifelong learner and living the life she's dreamed of while being a farmer's wife in British Columbia, Canada. In addition to being a mom and a wife, Catherine's passion is being a home maker. She enjoys teaching others about the power of the home and the possibilities that come from having a safe, grounded space, which includes the physical dwelling, as well as the safety and the groundedness in our relationships with others and ourselves. There is truly magic in the midst when these gifts, which are often ignored or left unattended, come together. Catherine's podcast called Homespun, Create the Life You Crave, is giving people encouragement, ideas, and ways to enhance everything in their lives from homesteading and parenting to self-compassion and decor. I'm really excited to have this beautiful soul with us today. I hope you'll enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Let's dive in. Catherine, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you. How are you today?
0: Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for that lovely warm welcome. I, I really, I'm looking forward to this so much.
1: Good, good. Well, I know you and I have had a few conversations now and I just have always, I've loved all of them, including... So many different side conversations that we could go down today, but for the benefit of our listeners, let's give them a little bit of your background and help them understand this beautiful picture of who you are and how you Mm kind of got to doing a podcast and what that podcast is all about, because that'll help them understand some of the, the fun things that you're working on. Yeah.
0: What a journey, right? Everything's a journey and everything kind of led me here. I really, truly believe. So I, I'm a wife, I'm a mama to four. And those are my proudest badges that I wear. I'm also a homesteader, farmer, whatever you want to call it. And I'm a teacher by trade. I'm a, I did teach in the school system and outside of the school system for, I don't know, a decade-ish. That's a hard one to remember. And then I'm just an avid lifelong learner, always looking for different courses and programs and things to like expand my mind. And along with that, I'm a lover of experimenting on myself and my family within reason of things that are going to work for us in every aspect of life so just to to speak to that I got my real estate license at one point I went to school for traditional Chinese medicine I didn't finish just all kinds of dabbling here and there when I finished teachers college I kind of just announced to my husband by the way I'm not applying for any local jobs I'm applying for jobs abroad oh everything I do is a bit of a wild ride that Strap in, I guess you're coming along if you're in my life. I don't know. Um, so <laughs> I just, and that's just how I am. I'm like full speed ahead. Like we bought our property and within, I would say probably 10 or 11 months, we had like ducks, chickens, cows, pigs, and rabbits at oh. one speed. And it's fast and like that way. Right. So, and that's how you everything. Um. So we we homeschool our family. We do the homesteading thing. I love preserving and whatnot, but I do not love gardening. So I don't grow nearly as much as I preserve. I do outsource a lot of my produce because gardening and I are not friends yet, But <laughs> but <laughs> we do animal husbandry primarily here and then some gardening, but more fruit than veg is where I like to be. Because the fruit mostly takes care of itself, in my opinion. (laughs) So that's kind of like a whirlwind, me in a nutshell. I'm not sure which direction to go from there. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, my goodness, that's a lot in its own right. Having four beautiful kiddos and a homestead and farming and all the different. I love your phrase um, to experiment on self and family within reason with the caveat on that. I'm curious, tell me a little bit more about what you don't like about gardening, because you seem to have so many other areas that you like experimenting and so does what, what did gardening do that, that ruined the mojo?
0: Okay, my aunt, who's a very avid gardener, and I had this conversation once and she went, no, you're wrong. But I feel like <laughs> gardens don't talk to me. Oh. An animal, if it needs something, makes a lot of noise. But I can't tell what the carrot's doing under the ground. So I don't necessarily know what it needs. And I think that's my holdup is I don't love weeding. I don't mind getting my hands dirty. I don't mind getting... I would happily prep a garden for someone else to then tend it. It's not the dirty. I can't... Vegetables and I just don't communicate very well, I guess. I don't know. I can't mm. read them. And my aunt says, they do talk to you though. You just this, this, this. and like... Not yeah. everybody's meant for everything. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just,
1: <laughs> you need to learn the language of veggie tales.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I mean, I enjoy veggie tales. It's pretty funny. But <laughs> they talk a lot louder than the vegetables in a garden do.
1: <laughs> so true, so true. So there are probably some telltale signs that the vegetables, like your sister was saying, could tell you if you we knew what to watch for. I'm not a huge gardener yet myself either, although I am similar to you in that I like to dabble and experiment here and there as much as I can and Mm -hmm. I learned a very funny I'll tell you this quick little story then we'll get back to you because it's not about me at all but I had a raised garden this year on my deck and because you mentioned carrots and I planted my carrots I was so excited (laughs) to harvest them at the end of the year problem was I put not enough dirt in my raised bed on the deck so I had these short little squatty carrots that kind of like curled as they hit the bottom of the the garden it was hilarious they were the funniest looking carrots ever we laughed we laughed a that's lot it's a really
0: fun experiment though right like it, that's a... it was yeah and that's what they did like nature's so cool like it figured out a way to so cool
1: yeah they did they got denser and denser and like corkscrewed their way down as they got stuck in the bottom of my on deck garden box but anyway hilarious mm-hmm. So yeah, you do have to like um, be willing to try and fail multiple times as you learn your way or do more research. I didn't do probably enough research before I started. It seems like these days we have access to so many tools to help us learn. So the number one critical factor is having the desire, which Mm -hmm. you have this beautiful desire to keep trying different things. So um, tell us a little bit about how you got into the preservation or preserving things that that you do get from the garden because you said that you really like that aspect of it
0: yeah that was a bit of a when we first bought this property and there was enough there were some established garden beds that needed a little bit of love and then we did some raised beds ourselves that just so we could put all the goodness in there without having to we're on sand so you can only go so far down before you have to really do stuff that we just didn't have the time for so we did some raised beds as well so we could put in the the compost to the manure and the, all the things and my first garden was basically a disaster (laughs) I did tons of research and I have some really avid gardener friends that I was asking for advice and I don't know I didn't talk to them enough who knows what I didn't do but I'm in the like here's your checklist of what you should do I ticked all the boxes but you know not a single one of my tomatoes ripened so we're making like green tomato relish and my corn were all baby corn but too tough to really pickle for like baby corn it was just I grew a lot of pig food that year And it was really disheartening because I grew so much planning to preserve so much because when we got here, I was like, okay, I want to have this robust fruit cellar that I can go shopping in my basement through the winter. I didn't plan on never going to the grocery store. I just was like, I want this really good supplement to offset what we're buying from the store. So I had these like big ambitions that flopped, but I wasn't willing to give up the the fruit cellar. That I wanted, so I just started sourcing from other neighbors and other farms around here that that did grow it all. Because I was, I just was determined to have that my first year here. It was like that's why we wanted the land. We wanted the land to grow our own meat and to put up food for the winter. We wanted the space. So since I couldn't seem to master the gardening, I was like, I'm not giving this up. And so that first year, because I didn't spend so much time in the garden because everything was just not thriving, I went and I, I found a farm that had they had worms in their cherries. So they were just giving them away. It was like you pick and you pay nothing or you donate if you wanted. And so it was a really cheap way to get a ton of cherries. But then I was kind of like, I don't know what to do with this many cherries. I don't have enough freezer space for this. So I had the time because I didn't have the garden that was sucking up my time. Mm -hmm. I had the time to figure out the preserving. And so it was all that and then it was kind of okay what do I really like my mom was in a canner so I was like what did my grandma and my Oma put up that I really liked that I'd like to have Mm -hmm. and what do I really like from the store that I don't love the ingredients that I might be able to do myself and it just spiraled and I filled our fruit cellar that first year and it was this thing where I was like okay we can never go back because even just watching the kids be like you know getting a basket to go downstairs to get what they're going to put in their lunches that day or what have you it it warmed my heart too much to ever just not do it so it's now just become a mission of I only really grow potatoes garlic and lettuce it's okay. <laughs> really all I grow at this yeah. point so sourcing everything else to fill the fruit cellar from beans to peas to raspberries because our raspberries are still young so they're not producing tons to just all the things to make the jams and the side dishes and the pickles because I'm not a big pickle person but everyone else in my family is so if it can be pickled they want it pickled and in the fruit cellar and
1: uh. Okay. Well, and pickling things is so good. The fermenting process is so good for our gut and the microbiome, you know, those kinds of things are so healthy for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm loving the, the visual of your kids getting so excited to go downstairs and grab whatever might be for their lunch. I mean, what a great energy to start your day with. That's great.
0: Yeah. It's really fun. And then, you know, we don't, we don't raise turkeys here, but they love turkey soup. So to put that in the fruit cellar, you know, where did you get turkeys
1: this year? Can, and,
0: you know, these are giant turkeys that the, they're then saying, t- oh, look at all the soup we're going to get from that. It's yeah. just so fun to watch yeah. them.
1: Well, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's such a such a beautiful gift, really, that you're giving your children to understand what the things that people go to the grocery store and buy, but they don't know if it came from a bush or a tree or if it was underground or above ground or how it was grown or harvested. And so to give that knowledge to your kids to know what the thing is that they're eating and where it came from and how much work goes into it. I think once our kids understand that, they appreciate the food so much more to know Mm -hmm. all the work that someone had to go into planting it, weeding it, nurturing it, harvesting it. All of those little steps make such a difference.
0: Well, and even just like one jar of peaches that we're going to have for dessert, right? Peaches are one of my favorite. Like they are one of my favorite things to can to have in the fruit cellar and one of my least favorite to can, because I don't know if you have a canned peaches, but it's a lot of work to like blanch them and, and peel the skin and then quarter them. And then the syrup. And it's just, I feel like I use every single pot I have in my house to do all the steps. <laughs> and so it's them seeing that process, because it's also one of their favorite things to eat, but seeing how much work it is and how much mess it is. <laughs> Cause the entire kitchen is a sticky mess when you're done and you're washing <laughs> like cupboards that you don't understand how it could possibly have gotten up so high. And so just, for them to see all of that is really, it's really good for them too. It gives a different appreciation for sure.
1: Yeah. So is it really wrong that I have great um sense of comfort knowing that I'm not the only one who has food that gets stuck up on cupboards and like you know, like how did it get there, right? I don't even <laughs> like you're like I didn't splash, but it's up up there. Like I don't know. Yeah, like, why is it seven feet up in the air and I can't reach that high? <laughs> How was no, it no. that?
0: Definitely not alone.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. I want to back up to one of the other things you had said, because I think our listeners who are laughing with us today are enjoying the conversation and understanding sometimes we have to source things from nearby farms. Mm-hmm. And as the food we get at the grocery store continues to kind of disappoint us, or as we start learning about all the different things that are in some of those things, mm-hmm. that we want to start taking control and being some kind of a self-advocate or health advocate for ourselves, we might consider, well, I know it. like in Minnesota, there's a lot of farmers around us, but I wouldn't have the first clue for how to identify who they are, except for just walking up to them and knocking on their door or what kind of farm, if they're an organic farm, if they're truly well sourced in a way that I'm, I would be happy with. So do you have any tips for our um, listeners on just how do you approach that seemingly really daunting topic? hmm.
0: So I worry a lot less about the organic label than a lot of people do. Do we eat organically? Is that important to us? Absolutely. But I don't worry about the certification, because, for example, there was one farmer that we were told it was recommended to us to get their hay because their hay was certified organic. I don't do anything without talking to the farmer anymore. So I didn't just call this guy up and say, hey, I want to load a hay. Hey, I want to load a hay. I just heard that. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I didn't just call, we didn't just call him up. We called and we said, OK, we heard you got great hay. What is it? What's your blend? What's your this? What's your that? Okay. And then in the conversation, it came up that his hay is certified organic, but he has an orchard that's right beside it. That's not because they do spray it, but they literally butt up against each other.
1: Interesting. And so we went, "Mm, how
0: windy was it the day you last sprayed the orchard? Like all these sorts of things. So- in the end, we did get some of his hay, but it was like it's like it's more finding the farmer, and I I understand that's part of the problem, but it's more finding the farmer and then just talking to them. Like, uh, most farmers, with warning, are happy to talk to you. Like, I have yet to find one who's like, I don't have time for this. They might say like, Can I call you back in an hour, or like, Do you have time on the weekend to chat? But they're happy to talk because they're really proud of what they do, mm-hmm. and they're really happy to share what's going on. And most of them will even let you come look around if especially if they're a smaller operation as for finding them just talking to anyone like are there any farmers markets talk to them where do, and i know that the farmers markets you do not always seeing the farmer but they'll you know they can put you in touch with the farmer get you their phone number get you their email if you have any friends who are as interested as you in the quality of the food because it's just you what you really need to do to be sure in my opinion is talk to the farmer because like i said we're not certified. I have no intention of ever being certified, but every single thing I feed my animals, I'm asking them like, did you grow it yourself? where did you get it? What's it made of? Um, what do you package it in? When did you cut your hay? Like all the things. And it's knowing those details that matter far more than just trusting a stamp that they put on a package. Mm-hmm. Because the standards, if you look them up to the standards for organic are getting lower and lower and lower and lower, what they're allowed to call organic. So sometimes, oftentimes, I find that a farm that's not certified is actually cleaner. Like Mm. the one farm where we source some of our feed isn't certified, but the farmer delivers the feed to us. We've talked to him many times. He grows all of it himself. And I, I know what he tests and he, like, he doesn't just have a stamp and tests every, I forget how often you have to test when you're organic, but he tests more frequently than you have to. And for more things than you have to, to hmm. be organic. So interesting. And, and understanding what questions to ask, obviously that's another hurdle, but, you know, I, they say they are no spray. Well, what do you use instead of spray? Um, They say that they're organic. Awesome. What do you use for pest control? Do you do anything? Just the questions that feel like a kindergarten question, just ask them. You don't need to know exactly what machinery they use to harvest or what have you, unless you want to. But, (laughs) you know, the kindergarten questions are the ones that are going to get the answers that are what you need.
1: That matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The answers that really matter. I think Mm -hmm. that's such a beautiful recommendation. Reach out have a conversation with a farmer and just get to know them. I think not only does it help you know your community better, um, gives you a sense for, you know, what's happening around you. And it's a little work on the front side to kind of get to know who's who. But once you have those conversations, I mean, you can reward that farmer with your dollars and use your dollars as a vote for that farmer's Produce in a way that you couldn't do by just buying blindly at a grocery store that says it's organic, right?
0: And even if you're not going to be the one milking the cow or growing the cabbage or whatever the case may be, it really does give you more of a connection
1: mm. to your
0: way you're eating. Because, yeah, you guys, sure, you're not the one who got your fingernails dirty digging up the cabbages, but you talked directly to the person whose fingernails got dirty digging up the cabbage.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you
0: might build a relationship where you know, yeah, it's more expensive this year because we had slugs and we just couldn't control them. It gives you a different appreciation for what you're eating on a level that you can't put a value on.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I would not be as bothered paying extra for cabbage knowing that Farmer Mike or Farmer Julie had issues with the crop and they, they had to charge more for it because they just don't have as much of it. Yeah. I think I'd almost feel more connected to the community, but also there's there's this mind, body, food connection thing that you then get because it's not just this random thing you just pricked up off the shelf at the grocery store. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. That's
0: Somehow good. it feels more nourishing when you know the details.
1: So true. I love that. Relationship with the farmer versus just the certification. And some of those certification processes are, well, let's just like you had said earlier, let's just acknowledge that almost any certification can be um, circumvented or at least you know you can game the system if you find a way to do it, but you can't really do that in a relationship. Once you get to know somebody and you understand their heart and intentions, you can really discern whether or not they're uh, putting out a good product. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. So potatoes, garlic, need. and lettuce. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna need to. <laughs> circle back. I'm going need to circle back with you. I had a failure garlic here, but oh, super funny! I'm
0: not an expert. I I may have just gotten lucky. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well.
1: We'll, we'll swap garlic notes someday. All right. So fast forward a little bit now, or maybe we rewind one or the other. So you jumped Mm -hmm. into this course. And if you're like me, you have no idea even how we got, can, I don't even know how I got in that course. My husband asked me like, how did you get signed up for this course? I I have no idea, but uh, kind of the same. (laughs) Okay. Because I did. Because I did. I don't know. Somehow the universe, God wanted me to have that class. And I think actually it was his involvement in my case. But um, so you took this course and now you're kind of doing this podcast thing on homespun. Tell us about that.
0: Homespun feels like it's probably my mission in life. It's where I was meant to get to. I always, even as a child, wanted to be a mom. What do you want to be when you grow up? A mom you know, and I was told, but well, you know, you have to have, you have to have a career. And I remember thinking, why, why do I have to have a career? That is my job. I want to be a mom. Amen. You know, and then it was I all like, well, that. what if something happens to your husband? What if something, what if this, what if that? And I went, well, Then I'll figure that out then. I just want to be a mom. <laughs> okay. So it was just, it feels like I was always meant to have, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. And I'm sure there's other people who want to be a mom in a career and it's not to minimize anyone's journey. It's just that this was my path. Mm-hmm. And I, knew that I wanted to have a bigger family. We have four. That's not you know, one or two like a lot of people have or want. We wanted it on the bigger side. And um, Homespun to me is just about talking about building this home-centered life and whatever that looks like for you. So like for us, yes, it's homeschooling. For us, yes, it's homesteading. For us, yes, it's the six of us being home together most of the time. Great. But it's more about like, how do we cultivate safety for ourselves, for our kids? How do we build a a, a home that we're happy to come home to? How do we feel at home in our bodies so that we can do all the things and go out from there? That's kind of my vision for the podcast is really what does home mean to everybody and how do we create that? Because if we don't feel safe somewhere, first in our bodies and then, you know, ideally in a space, then how do we create any magic from there?
1: Mm. That is so beautiful. I love that. That is really beautiful. I love that you started with you. I had always had a dream of being a mom, and mm-hmm. it it's just it kind of breaks my heart that we have this society that that thinks that that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. That that I mean, it's tw- quite frankly, it's the opposite. That is the most beautiful thing people could choose to just dedicate themselves to because you are creating the future of the, the country, the world, the family. So why don't we honor that as much as we honor someone's desire to be CEO or CFO at a particular company? I think they both, like you said, they both have a place, but one is not less. We should not think less of somebody because they want to be quote unquote, just a mom. Mm-hmm. I think I think being a home caregiver and a home caretaker is just such a beautiful calling. And unfortunately, I think so many young ladies are almost shamed into thinking that's not enough. Like you said you were. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think of myself as a home maker, not as one word, but like a a maker of the home because it doesn't take care of itself. Sure. Laundry doesn't do itself. Floors don't mop themselves. All of those bits and pieces that we automatically take our brain to, but it's also like the atmosphere of our home doesn't take care of itself. Mm -hmm. You don't have family game night without making sure that you make time for family game night. Whatever the case may be, Like the home doesn't take care of itself even in the ways that we take for granted.
1: So true. Well, and I think we're seeing that even in the fabric of our country as that centered family unit is falling apart left and right. Yeah, it falls apart because it takes investment and it takes energy and it takes somebody focusing on it. And when you've got two parents that are going different directions and three or four kids or one or two kids who are both going their directions, all of a sudden now you've got four or five people going different directions and no connection in the middle.
0: And we worry so much about relationships mm-hmm. outside of the home, but mm-hmm. we don't worry about relationships in the home. At least that's my experience. That's my perception. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's tough to make blanket statements because, you know, somebody's going to hear that and say, no, it matters to me. And it does matter to some people, of course, mm-hmm. but I just feel like as a whole, as a generalization, Mm -hmm. On average, we're more concerned with how does our boss perceive us? How does our, you know, friends that we're going out for dinner with on Friday night perceive us? How does Mm -hmm. our boyfriend, until they're our husband, perceive us? Mm -hmm. You know, but then once you're sharing this space, we just take for granted that we all live under this one roof and it's going to be fine. We don't worry about cultivating relationships with our kids, with our spouse, with each other, you know.
1: That's so true.
0: And the relationships are what make everything happen.
1: Yeah. Or make everything fall apart, right? Right. I mean, one of the things that we talk about in the Sunshine Cafe is about health and how health is so connected. Everything we do affects our health, including and maybe even at the center is the relationship that we have with each other. You can really get some very sick bodies when you've got Mm -hmm. toxic relationships in your life. And heaven forbid, when those toxic relationships are living with you, that makes it even more difficult. But how does that doesn't happen overnight, right, Catherine? It's like that takes time to create that toxicity. Effort. And so and it takes
0: it takes effort that we just think it's, you know, how did I get here? Right. But that's that and that's the work and that's the journey. And I think that so much of it starts in ourselves. Like how much of how many of us have a really solid relationship with ourselves? How many of us are comfortable being completely alone, like actually alone? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's where it starts, because how can you model a good relationship if you don't even have a good relationship with yourself? And we've all heard that, you know, we talk so negatively to ourselves and, you know, talk to yourself the way you talk to your best friend or to your mother or what have you, but we don't take it to heart.
1: Yes, you're so right. That is so true. I can just think about as you're talking, sweet friends of mine and myself who are prone to kind of beat myself up for different things instead of filling myself with the optimism and the encouragement that I so often want to give other people. And I love how you were saying that you have to have a good relationship with yourself before you can have a good relationship with others. And I'll add on to that, that I've always thought that you have to own yourself before you can give yourself away. It's like, yes. I can't give you this pen that I'm holding in my hand if it's not mine. If I'm borrowing it from somebody else, or I can't give this to you. So how do we claim to give ourselves fully to our spouses and our children and our families when we don't fully know and own ourselves that's a really hard space to come from
0: it really is and i think that's part of what we were saying you know look at the state of the country and the world right now and i think that's so much of it right mm-hmm. is where everyone's so that whole empty cup analogy that is so prevalent right now but you can't fill your cup if you have nothing to fill it with right like it's still it starts with you right mm-hmm. and I feel like it's been a couple of generations probably or many generations where we haven't learned how to take care of ourselves first, mm-hmm. you know, especially I feel as mothers were kind of conditioned to put everyone else first. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're not owning yourself and how can I give them anything and put them first if I don't have an understanding of myself?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's reasons those flight attendants tell us to put your mask on first before you put it on the neighbor next to you or person next to you. This morning, actually, I just gave myself the gift of some morning self-care before I dove in and did everything else for other people. Sometimes it's hard to carve that out, especially if you're working outside of the house, but uh-huh. it's always worth it. And if you can't do it in the beginning of the day, it's important to find that time in the end of the day to, to carve out some margin for yourself and i i see so many of um my friends who have every possible moment of their life bu- double booked if not single booked and then there's no margin there's no room on the sides for things to to go you know this got delayed and now everything else behind it gets delayed because there's no room for flexibility and I think that creates a lot of stress. And I think that stress then puts a lot of pressure on relationships. And then that pressure on relationships starts to tear, tear down the family. And it, it's just kind of that domino effect after that.
0: And well, I feel like we really have to reflect on like, why is X, Y, Z that important? And just, just a little anecdote from my day. Our, our children go to an outdoor program two days a week. And today was one of their days mm-hmm. and daddy was taking them today. And usually like 90%, 5% of the time I take them. Daddy, either we either do it together or it's just me. Daddy rarely does. And today he was taking them because I had some other stuff that I needed to do around the house and I just needed a little bit extra time. So it was just, he was doing it and they forgot. So two of my kids are in tears. One of my kids is sitting there with like arms crossed in a grump. One of them is just like overwhelmed at the thought of me not dropping them off because they forgot daddy was doing it today. And Remember, the six of us are home all the time. I like drop-offs. They do get teary because they're just we're just not used to being apart.
1: Um, <laughs> Which is sweet in its own sense,
0: right? It's I I I waffle between them, like Argh! I'm like oh I love it, um, <laughs> so, but they were already late because just life happened this morning, so they're already late. And my one son and I both have it in us where like late is just it just well it's not okay and they're crying. And my husband's saying, can you go grab me a water bottle? And there's all this stuff happening. And I just like, I had to just stop and just like climb into the car and have extra long hugs. And they were really, really late then. But I, it was one of those moments where it's was like, well, it, it's important for me to be on time to respect other people's times. I've already sent a note to the coordinators of the program saying they're going to be late. I didn't say how late they'd be. If I thought they were going to be five or 10. If they're going to be 20 or 30, does it affect their life at all? No, because they already know they're going to be late. They're already expecting them to be late. Fine. My oldest son, its already—it's you're either on time or you're late. The amount of late isn't relevant to him. So we just had to like, why does it matter if we leave right now?
1: Yeah. It just doesn't. Take what matters we'll
0: is that, that they feel better about the drop off. Yeah. Right? So my point of this is just really focusing on why does something like this matter? Why does it matter that they're only 10 minutes late instead of 20? Yeah. So that the people who already know they're going to be late aren't mad? They already know they're going to be late. It doesn't matter at this point. Mm -hmm. So just taking that moment because they needed that extra 10 minutes where I sat in the car with them and reminded them that I would pick them up and that we would be okay. And I need to dry their tears and make jokes about the fact that I was getting these sweet and salty kisses because someone had maple syrup on their lips and the tears mixing in. And (laughs) we needed that moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So remembering why we're doing what we're doing and I'm doing this to make them feel safe and happy, not to get them there on time.
1: Right. Ultimately, to
0: get them there on time, 100%. But yeah, that's not but, number one on the list of priorities.
1: Yeah. There are days when, like you said, they're just things go south. And what do you do when things go sideways and aren't exactly happening the way they expect them to? You need to prioritize the relationships in your family first. Mm-hmm. Even if the caregiver or the caretaker, care, whatever, care place gets a little upset, you know, better to leave with the house with the, all the relationships intact and everybody in a better space than. To push through it and drop them off in a grumpy space. Yeah. They need
0: to feel like the relationships and the safety and for us, the home, the physical dwelling matters because if I had said, just, you just, just go, you're already in the car. Bye. Love you. Bye. And just like give a air kiss to the car in general and sent them off. I don't even know how drop off would have gone. I have a big feeler. I call him my big feeler. And I guarantee you his entire snowsuit would have ended up in a puddle because he would have been mad and just thrown things. And But this way, I don't know. I haven't actually checked in yet because my husband <laughs> hasn't come home yet, but I have a feeling that maybe it wasn't perfectly smooth, but it was smoother than it would have been sure. had I not taken that 10 minutes because then right. they felt, then they were able to like ground. It's okay. You know, I'm yeah. not sending you off to the wolves. Daddy's coming right. off and I will pick you up. We got this, right? Yeah.
1: And the extra time that you took there also made it a better morning for your husband. Because he didn't have a major breakdown with all the kids going crazy at the Mm -hmm. drop-off. So your pause and taking a moment to make things good, introduce a tiny little bit of humor, let everybody just kind of pause and let the emotions relax for a moment, ended up being a gift for everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. And those are the little things we lose sight of in the busy because our calendars can get so full and can be packed back to back to back to back and that it happens yes it happens to me there's so many times where I'm looking and I'm going I thought we were having a quiet weekend why is there so much on the calendar mm-hmm. you know we we do it to ourselves all the time
1: mm-hmm.
0: but pulling back and reflecting on what is my mission that whole start with the end in mind I never understood that saying until relatively recently start with the end in mind but what is my goal to have good relationships in a cohesive home
1: mm-hmm.
0: sending them off upset is not going to do that
1: mm-hmm. spot on you know, I think one of the things that kind of goes hand in hand with that is the expectations we have for each other. Mm-hmm. And we probably could have an entire podcast just on that topic. Uh, you <laughs> a know, series. Because yeah. I had a conversation I was having with a friend um, well, a couple months back, and she was telling me about all the things she was upset about with her husband currently. And, and then in the same breath, she was telling me right after that about all the things she was doing for her son which were exactly the same things that her husband wasn't doing. And she wasn't mad at her kid for the fact that she had to fill in the gaps that he was offering, but she was mad at her husband for all the gaps that she had to fill in, which were the same gaps. It was really ironic. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I said, you know, would you be this upset with your son if he did those things? She's like, well, well, no, he's my son. I'm like, well what if you loved your husband the way you're loving your son, give him a little bit of grace and love him through that, the way you love your kids. And it was kind of a, a, I mean, maybe I stepped in where I shouldn't, but she's a really good friend. So, you know, we have the relationship where I can kind of say some of those things, but she was like, Oh, I never thought about loving my husband the way I love, love my children. But I think that's a, if we can love our kids and our spouses with that same kind of grace and forgiveness and Not expect the big kids to be any more perfect than the smaller kids, (laughs) because when it comes down to it, I think we're all just big kids. Um, I think that will do a a great number to bring our cohesiveness and our families together as well. Yeah. It's so important because at the end of this life, you're not going to be worried about whether or not those kids showed up on time for that outdoor activity
0: you're no. not going to care.
1: You're going to no. care that your your kids, all four of them love you and trust you and know that mom is going to be there to make things, you know, not only good, but you're there to teach them on how to take a highly emotive situation and bring it down to a pa- a place of peace. That's a, a beautiful lesson you also taught them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the goal is to teach them. We always want better for our kids, but we always think of it as like, we want them to have a bigger house or um less debt, or like whatever we always think of it in those terms and i'm really trying i'm not perfect but i'm really trying to reframe it into thinking like i want them to not be as insecure as i was and i want them to just have more confidence to try things than i was and you know that sort of thing mm-hmm. that that wasn't in me you know, we're always worried about not transferring our fear of spiders to our children and just like, okay, I can do this. I can kill the spider. Don't let them know I'm afraid. So they don't get afraid. But it's so much bigger than that. Yeah,
1: you're right. It's it's teaching them the tools that they need to own themselves, like we were saying a few minutes ago, own mm-hmm. themselves and to love themselves. And all of those pieces are learned behaviors that we have to learn either from watching someone else do it or from hearing how and them telling us how to do it, right? Hearing how they exactly. do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love seeing the pendulum move back, that people are starting to really embrace this beautiful picture of what a homespun life is like. And I think your podcast is just spot on to give people a resource amongst many that you will offer, but at least one on your podcast to be able to know, how do I start? You know, How do I make game night intentional? And how do I put things first in my family? How do I start a garden? And so- Tell us yeah. when your podcast is launching or if it already has and um, some of that.
0: Yeah, it came out on November 20th. It comes out every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. <laughs> it's every Monday. And uh, it's it's just, it's a wild ride of of conversations with real people just about how we can make the magic of the home big. So that's fantastic.
1: That's fantastic. And I assume they can find that on almost like where they typically would find podcasts.
0: It is currently on, yeah, it's, Anywhere you can find a podcast, it should be there.
1: Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. How about if they want to get in touch with you personally? If they have any way that they'd like to reach out to you, ask questions, how could they how can they find you?
0: Yeah. So I am on Facebook. I have a Facebook group that I can I can send you the link for if you can pop it in the show notes and then sure. people can find me any of those places. Awesome.
1: Awesome. So we'll make sure all of that information is in the notes so people can find you because I I just think having a home that is beautiful and welcoming and Lively and not perfect, but and messy. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, messy is okay. I just, uh, I love that you were able to do your dream and that your mission of being a mom and that you're being true to yourself and being able to execute all these different things by experimenting and trying new things. It's really actually quite encouraging to see someone just go for it and acknowledge that it'll be messy, acknowledge that it may not be perfect, but you're learning along the way and having a great time as you do that. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So before we wrap up, a um, couple, maybe a couple final questions for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is one thing that's bringing you the most joy right now?
0: Slowing down with my family. We're heading into winter. I'm in, in British Columbia, so we definitely have seasons and it is snowy. And I always enjoy when the slowdown comes and it gets quiet and silly and we just start inside more and we've got hot teas by the hot fire. And it's just, I love, I love the slowdown season. I love all the seasons, but I'm always really ready for the slowdown season when it comes. that's what I call winter,
1: the slowdown season. The (laughs) slowdown season. That's a good way to look at it where you're inside more and it's darker out more and all Mm -hmm. that. Okay. And my final question, since you've learned so much throughout your journey, and it's just so fun to see and hear about the things that you've done, what if you could go back and talk to your 20 year old self, what might Mm. you tell her?
0: That is such a good question. Um, I think I would say trust yourself. Did a lot of second guessing along the way. And I mostly ended up where I thought I would end up anyway. Okay. But I think it would have been a lot less painful. And I mean, maybe that's painful sometimes isn't it? part of the journey, right? But I think it would have been a lot less painful and and if I had just trusted myself. So
1: Yeah, that's a journey of learning how to do that too. Sometimes we trust ourselves when we make mistakes and sometimes we trust ourselves when we make the right choice, but. But the mistakes are part of it. Mistakes are part of it. Yeah. Wow. Wonderful. Well, Catherine, again, thank you so much for your time today. It was just always as delightful having conversations with you and we are absolutely going to have you back next time you can teach me how to, uh, how to grow garlic. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <laughs> well, good. I look forward figure to it out it. <laughs> together. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bye. Catherine. Thanks, Lisa. told you Catherine had a beautiful soul (laughs) there are six great takeaways here I'll summarize them for you number one you cannot fill your cup if you have nothing to fill it with so we do need to cultivate safety for ourselves and our kids and build a home that we're happy to come home to and aim to feel at home in that space as well as in our own bodies so we can then create the magic that comes from a great family life that'll fill our cups and fill them overflowing number two Not everybody's meant for everything. So some people garden, some people take care of animals, some people like to can things and others don't. The important thing is to give yourself permission to experiment, be willing to make some mistakes and enjoy the journey. Number three, if you're considering buying your produce and animal products from a local farmer, take that important step to reach out, introduce yourself and get to know your local farmers. It's the best way to truly understand and connect with the food that you're consuming And it'll help your local farmers feel more connected as well. Number four, know your family's goals. What's most important to your family? If your family goals are to have good relationships and a cohesive home, then keep those priorities center stage and don't let a little thing derail your day from the more important themes. Number five, choosing to be a mom and a homemaker is a high calling. Do not be deceived by a society that worships the almighty dollar. Working outside of the home is not the only valuable option. Working inside the home will pay ongoing, never-ending dividends from joy and the fulfillment you get, knowing and raising responsible, high-integrity kiddos who have a strong work ethic, who are grounded, confident, and equipped to contribute to their future families and the country in which we all live. And finally, number six. Relationships are what make everything happen. So remember to invest in the relationships inside your home as much as you care about and are concerned about the relationships outside your home. Don't spend all your energy impressing the boss, co-workers, the teacher, the coach, the boyfriend or the girlfriend. Remember to save some of that energy and pour time into your parents, your siblings, your kids, your husband or wife and yourself. Toxic relationships will create a toxic life. Pour into yourself and your family with lots of patience, lots of grace, and unlimited forgiveness. Thank you for listening today. And if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, please share it with your friends and family members. And also, right here, wherever you're listening or watching this episode, you can write a quick review. As a newly launched podcast, those reviews really help us. Finally, stay tuned for more information about my next round of Fast Pray Heal. In this digital course, we'll learn about the ancient tool of fasting in its various forms, prepare our homes and our minds to take on an amazing adventure, and then conduct that guided fast together as a community, supporting each other to find breakthroughs we never realized were possible. What an adventure. For more information or to sign up for the waiting list, please head over to my website at lisarores.com. Thanks again for listening today. God bless and make it a great week.